everyone, and welcome back to Paul Dark Podcast. We are a weekly podcast discussing to the TV show Paul Dark, which is based on the Winston Graham novels. And this week we will be discussing the seventh episode, which aired last Sunday on BBC. So uh, if you haven't watched the episode yet, then please stop listening and go watch the episode and come back after. My name is Delenda. I live in France. I blog at British Lisa on Tumblr, and I tweet at Delenda Dia. My name is Rita, I live in England, and I blog at Princess of Podoc and tweet at Rita Bite. And I am Michelle, I live in the United States. I Tumblr at Poldark Muses, that's Poldark, M-M-M-U-S-E-S, and tweet at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. So episode 7 starts with the head gauger and Captain McNeil, the Scottish officer, who are watching Trinicom's activities on the dock. The informant has been lying low. And this is the first time we also see Judd since his miraculous resurrection in, I think, episode 3. Also, we have two men who come from uh, Trinicom to gather the last of the supplies hiding in the cage in Empara. And Demelza is not amused because they were left for three weeks, which is still putting her and Ross in a huge danger. And also, we have things at uh, the Grace Mine. Things are not going well. And a decision is made to continue to go deeper with only two weeks' worth of coal left. Okay, so next up, uh, Ross rides out to Trenwith again to visit Elizabeth. Uh, They discuss uh, the fact that he's had a miraculous uh, anonymous uh, person pay off his debt. Uh, She's very happy for him, but says that she's sad because uh, since she no longer has shares in Will Grace, he will no longer have reason to call. Barf. He says, I will always have reason to call if you wish it. Double barf. They both look goofily at each other and music from their old days plays softly in the background. Triple barf. Basically, um, George speaks to his lackey. I think that's his, is that his lawyer? I can never remember his name. Um, but uh, George speaks to the black-haired, creepy-looking lackey Tenkert? about the properties that uh, he's purchased. Um, and uh, the plan is to drive the current tenants out and demolish the existing structures so that they can build. Uh, the lackey says Warleg and Bank because you know George is interested in starting a bank. Uh, but but George is si- slightly silent and looking kind of sly on the matter. Personally, I think that's where he's going to build his new house. But uh, um, that's a spoiler. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Dwight visits Rosina's family to tend to her sisters and learns she's engaged to Charlie. Rosina looks less than thrilled. <laughs> so does her father. <coughs> but uh, Charlie tells Dwight, it's your turn next, surgeon. And then Dwight gets all like cute and bashful. Stop it, Dwight. <laughs> Bag in Ampara. Judd return home, immediately starts screaming at Prudy. They get into a huge brawl. Demelza attempts to separate the two, but then gets pulled down into the scrum, just in time for Ross to come in. And he has that witty one-liner. The noble art of Cornish wrestling. I thought Ross looked a little smug, and almost like Kermit the Frog in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Judd is there to deliver a message to Ross. It is time to head to the Silly Islands to meet up with Mark Daniel. Remember him? It'll be dangerous for us because he'll be on a smuggling run. When has that ever stopped him? If caught, 
He could be tried and hung. God. Uh, Dwight yeah, returns so. home to find Caroline there. Yay! They discuss their plans to elope. Dwight isn't happy about it. He brings up the shame he still feels about his conduct with Karen Daniel. Caroline feels like eloping's the only way she can hope to reconcile with her uncle, though. And her logic's pretty flawless. Dwight warns her she might find the reality less romantic than she imagines. If he's <laughs> wrong, it would be really cute. Shut up, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that night, Judd and Prudy are fighting like cats and dogs uh, back at Nampara. Um, you know, keeping our Romelza from uh, the conjugal bliss. Conjugal bliss. A rare commodity. Basically, they, they wanted to, to, to kind of get a little busy, but, you know, it's kind of hard to do that when you've got uh, Judd and Prudy kicking up a, a ruckus like they were our poor bays. They need their time together. Anyway, uh, back at Trenwith, Agatha is complaining about Ross and the fact that he no longer visits. Elizabeth says that he has his own business to attend to and they can manage on their own. Agatha looks pretty dang shocked at uh, Elizabeth's comment because that sounds like the mature, proper thing to be saying. when it comes to to ross's uh continual visits to trend with you know does does uh agatha think that that elizabeth has has come to terms with the fact that you know ross has his own family to deal with and and she needs to just back the fuck off agatha's not that stupid ross and demelza kiss goodbye in the yard oh god and that was so romantic (laughs) but uh, anyhow so he's now off uh, on his uh, journey on the sea Uh, Dwight calls in on the head gauger who has a child who's unwell uh, and notices that the child is coloring in a book drawing uh, coloring in these little red wings uh, on a book there Uh, the the gauger uh, says some things uh, that are uh, vaguely uh, intriguing about uh, the possibility of a smuggling run happening sometime and, and that kind of thing. So I think that kind of piques Dwight's uh, interest. Um, and George, meanwhile, sends his lackey over to Trenwith about a, uh, with a story about general unrest in the area. Well, he's actually referencing the King of France being executed as the reason that there would be general unrest. Mm-hmm. The thing is, historically, the whole process of the sentencing and the trial and the execution took like loads of months. It took almost a year for him to get killed. So the idea that random Cornish miners would be like so in uproar about this year after the fact that they would start looting Elizabeth. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy. George, it's not a good excuse. And then we have Miss Elizabeth. So she basically grows panicky since George didn't offer any direct assistance. She's uh, writing to Ross and she thinks he's just going to come over and help her. And um, Basically, Ross doesn't get the message because he has already left for the Sealy Isles. And by the time he arrives at Nampara, so uh, Elizabeth is not amused. And then we have Dwight who arrives at Nampara to see Ross and Demelza. 
And Demelza tells Dwight about Ross's trip, and uh, he basically tells her the news that he's going to leave and he's going to elope with Caroline. And it was a really lovely scene between the two of them. They have great chemistry. And we saw that Demelza looked really happy for him, and she actually guessed it before he arrived, before he told her. So cute. (laughs) And then we have Ross, Henshaw, and Paul Martin, who arrive in the Isles of Scilly. See, Caroline calls on Demelza. Uh, it's a really rather long overdue visit, uh, and um, Caroline is really seeking assurance about uh, not Dwight's faithfulness, but um, the assurance of kind of the way husbands behave. Uh, not necessarily a good time for that conversation. <laughs> Demelza's like, do you want some tea instead? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a perfect opportunity to be like, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> but, um, you know, Caroline is uh, concerned about uh, Dwight and whether or not he is fully behind this whole idea of eloping. Um, meanwhile, Elizabeth is getting a little pissed uh, because Ross hasn't replied. It's unlike him to be so remiss. I wonder what could have detained him. Bitch, you need a hobby that isn't Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so they're on the Isles of Silly. And the boys are in the bar or in the pub drinking and singing. And we actually hear a lovely baritone oh from himself. Um, I wish he would have sung a few more bars, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Anyhow, um, then Mark shows up, and he looks terrible, just horrible. I personally thought it was an improvement from the rat's tail thing that he had going on in season one. Oh, God. And it covered most of his face, which is always good. <laughs> um, although his beard and mustache looked really well kept. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, hair and makeup, I'm looking at you. Um, anyhow, um, and he's also not in his right mind, to be quite frank. Well, he's a murderer. So, goes without saying. Well, yes. So he he is a bit of a murderer. <laughs> Anyhow, um, he's not able to remember where he saw the the load of copper um, because he was consumed by grief and rage and was really distracted um, by that when he was down in the mine. And and it's clear that uh, all three of the gents Ross Ross Henshaw and uh, Paul are quite disappointed, um, really almost crushed by the news. So we have Dwight and Caroline who meet again. She asks if he's sure he wants to leave, and Dwight seems reluctant. Yet I wonder, six months from now, will you not sometimes sigh for your Cornish life and your Cornish Rosinas? I may well. They matter to me. I cannot pretend to be indifferent to their fate. But my mind is set. But he confirms his intention to meet her that night. George sends another ominous message over to Tranwith. Because, you know, why not beat this dead horse? 
Word has reached me of some tinners who propose to claim their right under stannery law to enter private land. So there is a mild possibility that some men will come looking for tin prospects on Elizabeth's land or Elizabeth's son land. I don't really understand that. And that she apparently needs to bolt her windows and doors against the big bad tin hunters. I know it doesn't make any sense. Agatha asks why he doesn't show up here himself. And then pulls out a flintlock. Badass queen. Thug. She is just thug life. (laughs) Thug life, 18th century style. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, okay. So uh, the next day, uh, Demelza prepares to ride out to Saul for news. Um, As she's nearing the stable to get Darky, wait. Uh, didn't Ross ride the horse out of there the day before? I think he did. Unless they have two horses that look <laughs> exactly a lot of white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, um, uh, uh, as she's going to get the horse, Elizabeth arrives and asks to speak with Ross and mentions the note that she sent. Prudy, who still has the note in her pocket, says she had given it to Ross before he left. Elizabeth says she guesses Ross was too busy, which Demelza confirms rather shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elizabeth picks up on the tension and leaves. Girl, bye. Um, Rosina has hurt her knee again um, as uh, Demelza comes into Saul and decides to ride over to Dwight's uh, to get help for her. What she discovers upon arrival is that the departure date for Dwight and Caroline has changed to that very evening. Um, and uh, when, you know, Demelza says, you know, I can always go and ask for Dr. Choke, um, Dwight uh, hesitates and says he feels he'll have time to help uh, poor Rosina before he meets Caroline. Meanwhile, in a st- moment of stunning adulting stunning is definitely the right word i'm still a little shocked <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it, it is. ross actually grows reflective on the trip back to cornwall and swears to plow my fields harvest my crops cherish my family live a quiet life after so many gambles literally no people believe him like even henshaw no. you can see it on henshaw's face he's like <laughs> all right dude <laughs> okay so, uh, meanwhile, back on land, uh, Dwight arrives to Saul. Uh, he sorts out Rosina's leg, but learns that uh, Charlie had said that he was sick uh, so that he would not be helping on tonight's run, and that Dwight was the person that told him to stay home. Well, that is not true. Um, Dwight begins to figure out that the informant is indeed Charlie. <gasps> <gasps> Done, and uh, decides to go and confront him. Um, he he thinks he still have time to get to Caroline, but <laughs> you you can see where this is going, can't you? <laughs> Anyhow, Dwight winds up getting into a whale of a fight with Charlie. I mean, that was damn. That they looked like they were getting ready to hurt one another. Uh, getting out of the house, uh, he realizes that he can't allow Ross to be swept into the gauger's hands. So he goes back to uh, the hills above the uh, drop point 
and lights a signal fire to warn the launch party, which winds up delaying his arrival for his rendezvous with Caroline. The crew unloads mm. their goods onto the beach. Uh, Ross's attention is drawn to the fire that Dwight lights, and he realizes there's an ambush, so he starts ordering everybody into the boat, but is like, you know what? You know what? It's a good idea. Instead of escaping, I'm going to stay around on the beach, because that's a great idea. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, back at Nampara, Demelza, who is being watched over by some creepy-looking redcoat, starts yelling at him, getting all mum-bear, screaming that she needs to go attend to Jeremy because there are guns going off and he'll be terrified. Instead, <laughs> Demelza goes completely badass ninja hot mama. She climbs out of a window, slides down <laughs> the roof, and jumps off into the dark. Um, you go, queen. Slay, Demelza. Ross runs into the head gauger, punches him in the face, then thinks that he can get away with just running off <laughs> Really, Ross. And then Dwight is struck in the back of the head, and it looks like really painful. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, pop uh, getting hit in the back of the head by the, the butt of a musket is not, uh, not a pleasant thing. I what was he even that. doing that they needed to hit him in the back of the head like he was just standing there like <laughs> oh but, you know they, they had to because you know he couldn't actually escape and and go meet caroline no of course not no maybe he was like in suspicion of being sexy so they had to <laughs> arrest him okay, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll go with that we'll go with that <laughs> Uh, so meanwhile, um, both Ross and Demelza find each other uh, in the woods. Of course, are there woods around? Apparently, there are now. Apparently so. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, so they find each other in the woods and run hand in hand back to the house, which I thought was really sweet. Um, so romantic. He decides that uh, he's going to go to the cash spot and uh, through a, uh, the side entrance and. Demelza is going to go back into the house uh, through the kitchen. Uh, so um, they part ways. Meanwhile, uh, back over at Trenwith, um, Elizabeth is is has reached the point where she is really annoyed. Uh, okay, she it it kind of looks like she's worried, but really, honestly, she's just pissed off why Ross hasn't yet come to her aid and decides to rely on help elsewhere finally and then we have the gaugers who enter an empara they bring dwight in to stay and they search everywhere including the cage and there's no ross the <gasps> is shocked as well meanwhile the time for the rendezvous has come and gone for caroline she's crying and she returns to kill warren because her pug was too cold And then the next morning, Dwight is allowed to leave Nampara, desperate to see Caroline and explain what happened. It's just too late. He's given a note from her upon his arrival. Dear Dwight, I have left for London with my uncle, a move which cannot surprise you after the fiasco of last night. It is better this way. Ever since we agreed to elope, I have known of your struggle between your infatuation for me and your real love. 
your patience. Now you need no longer worry or give anything up, except me, and that you have already done. So farewell, Dwight. I shall never see you again. Your sincere friend, Caroline Penvenin. Dwight is heartbroken. <gasps> Drama. <laughs> and then we have Judd and the other smugglers go looking for Charlie. He isn't home. So George winds up showing up at Trenwith, the hero of the hour, to tell Elizabeth about the smuggling situation and accusing Ross of flouting the law. Aunt Agatha's commentary through the whole thing is stuff and piffle. I love Aunt Agatha. Piffle is such Let's a see. good word. Piffle. Isn't it though? Piffle. Um, you know, uh, George says, I pity anyone who must depend on such a man. He, he says. He is correct. Poor Queen Dee. Um, but, you know, the halo that he is uh, wearing over his head is spinning around one of his little devil horns. And then the next day, we have Demelza and Prudy who are trying to figure out where Ross must have gone if he wasn't in the cage spot. Charlie's drowned body washes up on shore. So, was he killed? Or did he do the jump himself? I guess we'll never know. And George, like he says, he wonders if Elizabeth will remarry one day so her husband can protect her. He can and he will. George looks really creepy, like, at the camera. What are you doing, George? <laughs> this isn't the office. So then, uh, evening falls, and there's still no sign of Ross. Uh, Demelza is beside herself, worrying about his injured hand. Um, meanwhile, in the library, a secret panel deep within the cash spot is quietly moved aside, and Ross creeps out. As he stands on the floor uh, of the library, uh, he can hear Demelza singing. And she's singing the song that uh, she sung for him that night at Trenwith, uh, Christmas Eve, when he realized that he'd fallen in love with her. Um, the, the look on his face when he recognizes the song is, is one I think I'll, I'll cherish for a long time. Uh, he comes out of the library to find her in the parlor, singing softly to herself. And when she looks up to see him in the doorway, it's almost as if she can't believe it's him. I mean, there, there's just almost like this pause that uh, you know she is looking at him, not uh, believing that it's him. Finally, she whispers his name and runs into his arms. And that's how we end the episode. Yeah. It was a... It, it was one of the most action-packed episodes we've had in this show so far. Um, I remember uh, watching it uh, when it was airing live and feeling the tension in my neck building as the, the show went on. And my neck is still jacked up uh, from all this, the suspense that we had. It's probably on my top three, really. Yeah. It was such a good yeah. episode. Yeah, I, think like, I was like, that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Uh, some favorite scenes that uh, we had, uh, the scene between Caroline and Demelza. Um, I really can't wait to see that friendship develop uh, because um, I think that the two actresses uh, have lovely chemistry together. Um, I think the, the Cornish wrestling scene, oh, sweet Lord, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was reminiscent of the days when Demelza 
chased down Judd in the uh, dooryard of Nampara for stealing the pie. Um, and just the, the look of all three of them uh, looking up guiltily at Ross as he stood there with his Kermit the Frog smile was was, was awesome. It's Comedy really gold. Kermit the Frog. Like, not that can't <laughs> unsee it. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, failed uh, attempt at some nookie because of the pr- the the prud is <laughs> would that be their um their <laughs> or prud uh, because of the the, the the verbal uh battle that Judd and Prudy were having in the house um <laughs> I feel so bad for those two kids um <laughs> although you know it was kind of nice to see the lovely pecks of heaven once again, but that's beside the point. Uh, Demelza singing. I mean, anytime I get to hear Eleanor singing, I'm a happy camper. Um, the fight scene with Dwight, which really looked like it hurt. Um, and on Agatha and the gun. Loved on Sounds Agatha like the and the gun. Sounds like the name of an album. <laughs> on Agatha <laughs> and the gun. <laughs> <laughs> The final shot uh, of the episode was really um, a parallel shot to what we had in the same episode of last season. So episode seven of last season. Um, in that episode, Demelza had had told Ross about her involvement with, um, or he found out about her her involvement with Verity's uh, elopement. And the Cornwall Co- Copper Company was was in grave peril, and he was extremely upset with her. Um, and uh, it's the only episode where we saw Demelza standing alone um, without Ross by her side in season one. This season, we see the two of them in an embrace in basically the exact same spot where Demelza had been standing in uh, first season episode seven um i just love the parallel of that i don't know if it was something that was intentional on behalf of the the team and the director and and all of that but you know if it wasn't then happenstance uh shines upon us um with that scene i i thought it was absolutely lovely yeah and this episode like i said it's definitely on my top three because we had everything we had romance we had action we had suspense we had heartbreaks and then, um, as much as uh, we love or we loathe Ross, this wasn't an episode focused on him. And um, I love, I think it was definitely um, Luke Norris's best episode and uh, probably one of Eleanor's best as well. And uh, I don't know if you guys uh, have fo- followed the uh, Twitter Q&A that Luke um, gave on Twitter, but um, there was a really interesting question on his character, whether he loved... Um, Caroline more uh, than uh, than his um, his people, his patients, and I thought this episode was the perfect um, answer to that question because uh, we saw that even though he, as much as he loves her, um, his job will always come first, and um, and I also loved his exchanges with uh, with Demelza and how even though he didn't tell her at first why he was a uh, visiting her she she already she had already guessed why he had come to see her so i love their chemistry and uh we love um the the episodes when uh, other characters are uh, 
front center. We love, um, well, we love the episode three, the third episode when uh, it was focused on Prudy and Judd and uh, the episodes when we had uh, more Verity. So, um, Francis, so yeah. R.I.P. Francis, you had your episode. <laughs> yes, I didn't want to mention him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Makes me sad. But yeah, episode five is probably uh, my second favorite episode of season two. Season two has been pretty strong this so yeah. far. Like almost Very every episode so. has been like killing it. Elizabeth. Rationally, I know that George is manipulating her. But yes. I tend to think of Elizabeth as someone who is shrewd and capable. And she has a history of seeing through his manipulations. And she knows what his intentions are because he's been very upfront about them. So I find the version of Elizabeth that some people have presented to me quite aggressively in my ass books, thank you, as some kind of <laughs> lost, grief-stricken, lonely little... I don't know, some kind of martyr figure that is just being manipulated by all the men around her. I just find that really hard to buy because she isn't stupid. And she knows what George is about. Preach. She She is using this whole George thing. George is trying to scare her. She didn't really look that scared. She just seemed really annoyed. She's using that as an excuse to see Ross. Because she sees this as... Well, she doesn't have the excuse of uh, Will Grace anymore. So she's like, oh, I've got this new reason. You know, I think thinking about Elizabeth, you know, it's bringing up the, the fandom drama that uh, winds up happening, I think, in every fandom. Uh, but uh, it's something that I have never really paid attention to until uh, my involvement with the, the Poldark fandom. Um, and when it comes right down to it, um, Elizabeth's character, and as, um, as I've said before, um, I think the way that her character has been softened uh, for this adaptation um, from the the original content um, has not done us any favors as it relates to the the drama that's happening. Uh, Elizabeth was written as a pretty straightforward antagonist. Um, And so I don't understand why it's hard to point that out to folks, why it, it, and why, you know, it, it can sometimes be seen as crazy to actually try and point this out. Um, you know, and, and in some cases, it's not only crazy, but it's coming very close to threatening the very structures of feminism, which I patently disagree with. I get the desire uh, to want to be supportive of all women. Um, I, I do. Um, but... There are many cases where, you know, our behavior as women should be, you know, we should be held accountable to the behavior that we as individuals um, project upon the the rest of society. So I don't think that it's, it's, um, I don't think that all women should be given blanket support irregardless of what they do in society. Um, you know, we should be um, held accountable based on our actions. I'm not going to support someone who's being emotionally manipulative and self-serving. And that's how I see Elizabeth as being a shrewd, 
um, knowledgeable, um, manipulative, vain, self-serving person. There, I said it. Yes. I said it. Yes. I said it. Let them know. It. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a fantastic post um, by Ship Archer uh, on Tumblr um, where you know she talks about uh, the the character. Uh, being kind of without agency, but also has uh, flaws that make her unlikable, uh, in, uh, particularly uh, in the books. Uh, Elizabeth, it's very clear that there is envy and a clear dislike of Demelza uh, within the books. Uh, you know, if we want to talk about loyalty and support for all women, um, how can we support someone who is willfully, willfully, chasing after the husband of a woman who saved her life, the life of her child, only to wind up losing her own. Why? It's because Ross told Demel or told Elizabeth that Demelza was the love of his life, and Elizabeth simply cannot have that. That is the reason why she had the conversation with him at that dinner table. Um, that is the reason why uh, she is continuing to pursue his help and assistance because she is bound and determined to remain a part of his life instead of moving on because it does not serve her vanity to do that. Ooh, goodness. Okay. That we was, that was, kind, of a, that that was kind of a soapbox. That was kind of a soapbox. So, you know, bottom line, all of the characters are subject to being held uh, accountable for their actions. And all of the characters in these books wind up being um, either held accountable or uh, having consequences uh, to deal with as part of the actions that they take, irregardless of whether or not it's Demelza or if it's Elizabeth, if it's George, if it's Ross, if it's Dwight, if it's Caroline. Every single one of them will wind up having to deal with consequences from their actions. And that's just the way it is. Now, where their motives are coming from, um, that I think is the, the thing that winds up being the mitigating or aggravating circumstance to the decision that they make. Rita, what do you think, girl? <laughs> well, it's interesting that feminism, the term feminism is being thrown around with like just a complete disregard for the actual fundamentals of feminism because firstly it's this idea that like you can't at all question the actions of a woman just because of she was born a woman like last week i made loads of posts making fun of ross and um like literally loads and they were really funny you should go reblog them but I got n nobody came for me f for those posts. Everything was fine. Everybody was like, "Yes, Ross is the worst. Look at all his flaws." I mean, we love him, but he's the worst. I made one post about Elizabeth being whiny in the episode because you know she had like seven scenes where sh she said the same thing over and over again, and I got <laughs> immediately attacked. Thanks, Tumblr. This is not <laughs> feminism. Men and women should be held accountable, and it's an equal platform. If you're a yes. douche and you're a man, you will be called out. If you're a douche and you're a woman, you will also be called out. Preach! That's how I roll. And I also find, like, this ver this version of feminism is really suspect. It's what I call Taylor Swifting. Sorry if you're a Taylor Swift fan. 
where it's not really feminism because instead of pushing back on systematic oppression of females, what you're actually doing is just protecting these privileged white women who have so much power control anyway. Like, we're talking about a woman who is born genteel and has a lot of advantages and education that Demelza doesn't have. So when I see posts saying that Elizabeth had a harder life because of the patriarchy than Demelza, I find that just completely ridiculous. Like, they both live a patriarchal society. And to a certain extent, Elizabeth is shown to benefit from it because she buys into this society and she plays its games. She plays Ross. She plays George to try and benefit her life. And maybe that's the only way she could have survived. But you can't complain about a system when you buy into it. I just don't think that that's fair. Like, to say she's a victim of it when she uses the system to, for her own gain is ridiculous to me. Yeah. I feel quite strongly about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. That got ranty. Delinda, do you have any anger about this? Oh, you know what? I couldn't care less about Elizabeth. And uh, like you said, girls, um, okay, we should su- be supportive, uh, you know, of women in general. But I personally can't support a woman like Michelle said who basically has no chill in seducing the husband of the woman, thanks to whom she's still alive. And she doesn't do anything, like, to improve, uh, you know, her current situation. If you, like, compare Demelza in this episode, I thought, like I said, it was one of um, Demelza and Eleanor's uh, best episodes. We saw Demelza as a loving mother, a loving wife, a working, um, well, she has a household to uh, take care of so she was I, I don't know if she was like working wood at the beginning of the episode she was like yeah, that 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 wood. yeah she was uh, she was everywhere and and uh, by the end of the episode she was helping her husband hiding from the from the red jacket so yeah she there's no comparing between these two I'm sorry I think like um, yeah. if you compare Elizabeth and Caroline they're in very similar social statuses yeah. and mm-hmm. Caroline she has the same restrictions that Elizabeth does, but Caroline goes out and gets what she wants. She wants Dwight. She's going to go out there and elope with him. She's going to like make that happen for herself. What she won't do is sit at home writing like three or four different notes to a man that's not answering them, sitting at home like complaining every five seconds. Oh, why isn't Russ answering my note? Does he not care about me anymore? <laughs> Girl, get something else to do. This is literally all we did all episode. It was boring. Every time it cut to Elizabeth, you knew what was going to come out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly think uh, Gabrielle did a phenomenal job uh, this week uh, portraying a young woman in, you know, in love, um, you know, ready to, to move on with her life, understanding the, the consequences of her actions, Um you know, you could see how anxious she was about the elopement, worrying if she was making him, uh, you know, making Dwight unhappy. And when he didn't show up, um, absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, the letters she wrote to her uncle and Dwight um, were a study of uh, gentility and uh, deep love and affection that she had for both men. Um, and it was it was heartbreaking to to hear both of them. Uh, I think I heard someone say that the letter that she wrote to Dwight was, you know, there was the perfect balance of, of snark and, you know, deep honesty. Um, 
and you could hear that you know she really continues to admire him um, even though her heart is broken and so that was that was that was really touching it's like one of the most bizarre love triangles you'll ever see on television because it's between Dwight Caroline and all of Dwight's patients (laughs) every single one of them (laughs) you're rooting for them but you also don't want Dwight to jeopardize who he is as a person and he's a doctor at harm yeah is it wrong that I kind of enjoy watching George these last few episodes? <laughs> like, he, watching him manipulate Elizabeth <laughs> is really entertaining. Uh, no. Does that make me a terrible person? No. 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 The excuses he came up with were so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like, it, I mean, he's he is being a puppet master right now. He really is uh, with Elizabeth. Um, and, um, um, uh, yeah, you're not alone. I'm, I'm right there with you, hon. And uh, how cute is baby Jeremy? Oh, my God. Adorable. He is so cute. And he does look like Aiden. He's got these little mischievous eyes and a mm-hmm. great big smile. When he smiled, um, I was like, yes, that's your son. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have to admit, you know, the, the, the scene where Ross is, is doing his um, doing his thinking about his future and talking about wanting to cherish his uh, wife and child, um, you know that that squeezed my heart a bit because you know we know that you know his relationship with Jeremy is is pretty troubled, and uh, you know the, to realize that he's uh, acknowledging Jeremy, he's you know thinking about the future with Jeremy. It's it was really sweet. I have a confession to make. Um, I am really uh, kind of hot for McNeil. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> you no, know, I know. I know, I know. Um, it's the Scottish accent. I am I am a complete sucker for Scottish and Irish accents. It's, it's really, really bad. Uh, they completely slay me. And when he made that declaration to her... Um, you know, believe me, ma'am, for the favor of your goodwill, I would pay a very high price, and none that involves my elective duty. Aww. I mean, damn. <laughs> you know he wants a piece of Demelza. He Take some that. notes, Ross. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> Timeline. I don't think they lost me. Yeah, I don't think there was anything too egregious this time. Uh, I think it was pretty simple to follow because it really only covered the span of like a week, right? Yeah, like a week, maybe, you know, four or five days, something like that. So it wasn't too confusing this time. Um, And I've already brought up the whole thing about Darky the Wonder Horse, who uh, apparently is a homing horse. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as Ross dropped him off, uh, in town, uh, immediately turned around and went back home. How did he manage that? He's such a clever know. horse. Well yes, done. he is. He is a clever horse. And, 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 you know, it's confusing because in the books, Darkie is a female. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Seamus, it's kind Seamus of hard is to a miss. Boy. It's like, Seamus uh, is a boy. <laughs> never question the, the continuity or the timeline because it will just... <laughs> It would just hurt. Yeah, that's true. Um, and what's the verdict on Ross's hair this week? 
there was one there was one shot where he like was next to a window and he turned and I was like ah, no <laughs> I was like no I don't need to see you in direct light just, just <laughs> wear a hat Damn. or <laughs> wear a hat or just continue doing night shoots like that's true hair and makeup we're looking at you uh let's see so we did get some messages um we have one from londonista 59 um talking about the shade that uh, demelza throws at elizabeth when elizabeth rides over to see if ross got her note oh yeah uh, i yeah uh, that was some shady shade that uh, we wound up getting from demelza that i really liked um she she also comments on mark daniel's hair which you know we have uh, declared to be completely out of control. Um, the scene where uh, Judd and Prudy were yelling, um, yeah, I think it was just showing the how our poor um, beloved couple just can't catch a break. <laughs> um, and uh, that, you know, Prudy, thank you for keeping that note in your pocket. Um, of course, I, I don't know whether or not that's going to wind up coming back to bite her in the butt next week. It very well could. I can't pronounce that next name. <laughs> Mara... Med... Mondum. Maredmundum? Maredmundum. I tried. Okay. Like, yeah, I gave okay. it a good go. Uh, the you scene did. of Ross and the boat coming back from his latest failure... I just didn't believe his new lease of life. Mm-hmm. I want to believe. This must be how to mouth it feels. Am I alone here? What was your take on the scene? Who believed it? Nobody believed it. Like, come on. This is a... Well, you know, I think one of the things that, that just kind of crossed my mind about that is, you know, it's an opportunity for Ross to, to say, okay, I've, you know, made all of these ridiculous mistakes. I'm just going to go home and, you know, be with my wife and child and, and farm my land and, and you just, just try to live a happy life. It's kind of taking us up to this, this, this peak. And then next episode is going to drop us into a valley. It's like the rug will I mean, be pulled good. out from under you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's good storytelling because that's, you know, that's the way you want to build, you know, to your, your next crisis point is you want to build to that and then whoosh, bring uh, the the earth crashing down uh, to the ground. So, it feels like he does you know, this I'm... almost every other episode, though. He'll, like, suddenly realize he's been an idiot. <laughs> kind of redeem himself. Then he's an idiot again. But that's just Ross. He just can't lead a quiet life. That's just not his character. He needs to be involved, and uh, his actions must have consequences on other people. So mm-hmm. that's his character. You know that yeah. face that Demelza pulled when Caroline asked if her if she found that husbands were reliable. Like <laughs> that, that's the face I made when he was talking. That's the face. That's the face. I'm like, yeah, right. Let's have some tea. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, goodness. So, speaking of Caroline, so Beetle Ing asks us if the scene between Caroline and our queen Demelza was in the books, because she doesn't remember it. 
and she thought it was a bit awkward. So what did we think? Why do we think Caroline went to Nimpara? I love that scene. Yeah, I, I don't remember if that scene was in the book. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was. Personally, <laughs> I think that they needed to have some kind of way to get Demelza and Caroline together in some kind of friendly interaction um, well before now um, uh, in order to establish the their coming relationship uh, because it just seems like it was uh, a little late uh, to try and bring them together. Now, granted, I thought that it was a lovely scene and the two of them did great, had great chemistry together, um, but um, it, I think it would have been better if they'd had some kind of interaction before uh, that moment. Mm-hmm. I also think um, one of the reasons that it's kind of tough writing this adaptation, um, Debbie's having to insert a lot of the female interaction. Like, um, Winston didn't really write that many scenes between the women on the show. That's together. true. And yeah. so Debbie is having to insert some where there weren't any previously. And, like, she's having to devise situations where that would be possible. And, you know, that can be a bit tough sometimes. I think Winston just sometimes who doesn't get women. <laughs> and that's fine, Winston. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, next question uh, was from an anonymous uh, person. So next week we'll have no Carolite being cute and Ross being an ass. How will we survive? It, it's it's not going to be pretty. Um, and I think it's probably going to be one of the most painful moments of television I will have ever seen. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to get through it because episodes nine and ten are going to be awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, to watch um, how things are reconciled. So another one for. An- anonymous dwight was the hero for me in this episode probably the best luke norris in poldock also gabriella wilde in all her scenes but especially when she realized dwight wasn't coming don't remind (sighs) me she cried and then i was like this is gross and unfair why have you made her cry and then she was like trying to make it about about Horace, she was like, "Oh, Horace, you're cold. We should go in." Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it was heartbreaking. She's the cutest. It's heartbreaking. Okay, next uh, another question, just a remark from Lainey, saying that we had our first Caroline Demelza scene, a little short, and didn't really tell us anything about their opinion of each other. I can't wait to see more of their friendship on the show, and they're both dog lovers. Yay! Garrick yes. and Horace should become BFFs. I think that would be awesome. I'm just um, and did any of you scene. did any of you see the the picture of um, Eleanor that her father posted on Instagram? Yeah, uh, yeah. That they brought her dog Bert to the set so that he she could have a visit. She posted a picture with him um, in yes. costume today. It was like, yeah. Oh my gosh! How cute! How cute! I, I thank the lord every day for Bert Bacharach's Instagram. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And uh, our last question uh, came from another anonymous um, uh, submitter. Um, I can't deal with the preview for next week. It's going to hurt to watch. Oh honey, yes. 
Um, I need Ross to grovel for a long time, like grovel and beg his way into the next series long. I don't know if I want to go that far because that would that would be hard uh, to wait for a year in order to to see whether or not all of the groveling worked. Um, The question goes on to say, um, I'm actually here for McNeil and Demelza now. Uh, She needs someone to treat her nicely. What do you guys think? Well, y'all know what I think already. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see some McNeil Demelza smoochie. Throw yourself at him, girl. I support him. Mm-hmm. Climb him like a tree. <laughs> in, preferably in front of Ross. Just like... Oh, snap. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <sighs> well, that's it for the questions. Um, our episode summary for episode eight... Uh, Dwight or Ross and Dwight face a trial, of course, after the disaster smuggling incident. Dwight reveals that he will not be marrying Caroline and is considering joining the Navy. George continues to pile the pressure on Elizabeth, uh, sending men to pose as tin prospectors and then offers to give her the help she needs if she agrees to marry him. Say what? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Uh, Ross learns that she has accepted the proposal following a mind collapse at Wheel Grace, which will wind up uh, being very tragic um, and bring him to another emotional breaking point. And uh, after he learns about this proposal and her acceptance of it, he rides through the night to find her. That's a very descriptive summary. (laughs) (gasps) Yeah, so it's going to be a rough one, people. Buckle up. Well, well. Here we are again. What's that? Ten. (laughs) Is there no one else you can turn to? All I can say is I will never again be guilty of such recklessness. Now it is you who need care. Let me provide it. I hope you know what you're doing. My dear Ross, I know what I have to say will distress you. I must speak with Elizabeth. Ross, you can't. Get out of my way. Yeah, and I think everybody was uh, is already pissed with the um, the promo video because the way he speaks to Demelza, oh my like, god, dude, that is no way to speak to your wife or anyone. Exactly. Get out of my way. Oh my god. Damn, dude. Ross pulled off. So, lucky he's not real because I would hit him. Yeah, it's it's really. <laughs> gonna be bad but um you know we will be here to for the slap <laughs> to talk that about might be what episode happens nine, though. yeah i think yeah i think yeah. so oh well, yeah I, I would really um, love it if the episode ended with the yeah with the... It's not i slap. can't wait for episode nine we'll get through this one so that we can get to episode nine do we think it's gonna end on like a uh, to be continued and we're not and we're like not gonna get any promo for episode nine <laughs> Oh, you know it will. And I oh my god! I'm hoping we should get a promo for episode nine. I don't. Which I think I will wind up being, it'll wind up being gift setted into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> we have no chill. Especially, you know, especially if we get to see more of that red dress. Oh my god! Oh, mm-hmm. I just yeah. Like all I want in life is for her to make. Ross cry just like yes make him cry 
him and cry and him beg. That's what I need him to do. On his knees. Yes. Yes. He need he he needs to suffer. He needs to suffer for this. And I I believe that he will. Bring well, him the pain. I think that's <laughs> that, that that's it from us, isn't it? So yep. thank you for all your messages. We love hearing Yay. from you guys. And we hope you enjoyed listening. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast on episode 8 dun, dun, dun. get ready for it it's going to hurt see you guys later bye bye buddy I'm